Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another edition of the Red Carpet of Trailer Trash Podcast. My name is Ian Collins, and joining me as always is the incomparable Mr. Connor Rock. How are you doing this week, Connor? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I've started uh, started reincorporating carbs back into my diet, so that's nice. How, how does it feel? Uh, it's great. I have very much missed them. So, you're going to have to let me know how you feel after, like, maybe just a few days, honestly. When did you start reincorporating them? Uh, like, so, I increased the allowance of carbs to, so, keto, it's recommended, you can do it under 50, I was doing it under 30 grams of carbs a day, so I just started going over 50 grams of carbs a day on Friday, and so now I, I sort of, uh, have had a couple, uh, a couple of days where I'm over, I've had like closer to a hundred grams of carbs, but I haven't had any like major sugar. Uh, so it's mostly been, maybe, I'm not sure if they'd be complex, but, uh, carbs, but like bread or beans or are uh, whole grain stuff as opposed to just like chocolate or cake or or cookies or shit like that. Yeah. Uh, and then then in the last day or two, I've also been sort of having like small thing small things of sugar added on as well. So like a Reese's egg, uh, some Lindor truffles, shit like that. Had a cookie today. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. But I was I was going to say, you, you got to tell me how you feel, because when my dad swears by this, he says that when you eat, like, carbs, I guess there's some science behind this, they're, like, an inflammatory or something like that, uh, and your joints hurt a lot more than when you aren't eating carbs. Now, I don't know if it's, like, specific types of carbs. I don't know if it's solely, like, bread and shit. I don't know, but you just, since you just cut all of them out, you'll have to tell me how your joints feel. <laughs> or they might just uh, be the same, I don't know. Well, it's kind of hard to judge that, because I've also, like, it's, it, the a thing to, we, we don't want to get too much into this, but I think we've discussed this on an earlier episode, but, like, it's a lot harder to work out on keto than it is on, when you aren't on keto, because your muscles need to use glycogen to work. Yeah. Uh, and so it's going to be hard to tell if my joints feel more sore from that or if it was or not because when I was working out it was like my entire body was sore after some workouts. Yeah. All right, because well. because it's hard to get energy so the muscles are basically just sitting there dying for additional water and energy and shit and I'm just like nope. <laughs> You're gonna have to fucking deal with it, I guess. Well, that's a experiment, I guess. It's it's been contaminated. We can't run it anymore. I mean, I'll I'll let you know, but I haven't really felt much of a difference in the joints. Good stuff. Good stuff. So what what are we talking about today? So today, uh, because this is a movies podcast that we talk yeah. about movies and things. Uh, I will be discussing Nobody. I assume that you did not go to the theaters and watch Nobody. I did not. 
and then we will be looking ahead uh, to this week's releases, because now we have a regular set of releases ongoing, and this week we have The French Exit, The Unholy, Every Breath You Take, and The Oak Room. Yeah, so I don't know if you had anything that you, you wanted to talk about, but... Before we jump into movies, this is still this is movie related. You know what movie? I I think. Well, let me let me backtrack. I think you've asked me this question before about what my favorite comic book movie is. Probably. Maybe not, but I th- I have a definitive answer, and I think it's changed since last time. But I want to ask you that first. I mean, I I feel like I have to say, like it's the Dark Knight. But can I, do I have to pick a different movie? No, that? no, you don't have to change yours as well. Because that that seems like the obvious answer. I probably would have said that for a while. Um, that, I mean, like as of a while being before literally yesterday. But yesterday, I, I re- I've seen this movie before. I rewatched it, and I just forgot how good it is. I'm gonna put my favorite comic book movie, and I will even say it is probably one of the best. Well. Actually, no. I don't want to go that far because I... Uh, hold on. Can I guess which movie you're going to say? <laughs> yeah. Is it Logan? It isn't Logan. Which is... It's yeah. a really good one. I'm going even more obscure than Logan. Okay. I'm, I won't say it's one of the best adaptations because I honestly have ne- read, read, like, one of their comics online. So I don't really know. But just one of, like, a true-to-form... It feels like a comic book movie. I can get down with the plot. And I think everyone in it does a really good job. It's Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh. I just <laughs> hate Michael Sarah so much. That's I know you hate Michael Sarah, and that's fair. But this uh, I, I, You wanna know, know one of the weirdest things about this conversation? What? There was a one of the trailers before nobody was Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And I was just sitting there so confused because that movie is like 12 <laughs> years old. It's like from 2007 or something. Yeah, why? Why was it a trailer? I have no idea. I was shook. I was so confused. <laughs> well, Scott I was Pilgrim like, was apparently they, haunting you. Did they, write, did they write a sequel to Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? God, I hope not. Because I do as much. I really do like the first one. It doesn't need more. It's it stands as is. But I mean, it's just it's got it all. It's got the the like the humor, the framing to look like a comic book. It's got the music. It's got like weird little like capals and stuff in it. I don't know. I, I every time I watch that movie, I genuinely have a good time. It does seem like it does seem like it has more of a campy comic book style to it. Yeah, like, they weren't going for realism at all. And yeah. that's part of the reason it works so well. Is, like, there's fight scenes where Scott's literally just, like, flying in the air and, like, murdering people. And then just no one talks about it. Because you don't need to. Like, no one's like, hey, how'd you do that? And you killed a man. It's just, like, how it is. And it's it's in that, like, we don't have to explain everything type. It's like it's like the science fiction rule. It'll just be like, this is how it is, and don't, you don't need to explain it in detail. Because no one cares. Yeah. Yeah, I watched that yesterday. It's a lot of fun. That's what it reminded me of, and I thought I'd bring it up on here. It's good to hear. I'm glad that you enjoy it. 
I'm just not. Uh, we've been over this countless times. I just don't care for Michael Sarah. Yeah, I don't care is putting it lightly and charitably, probably. Yeah, he. I find him to be a whiny little bitch in all of I've his roles. I've heard you go on. <laughs> heard you go on rants about him, and I think he, like if he heard it, he'd get a restraining order. Because there is genuine, like primal anger, in you regarding Michael Sarah. I mean, I just think that he ruins the movies that he's in. I mean, generally, yes, I agree with you. I think he he does it in this one though. But I can't. I honestly can't say another Michael Sarah performance that I've liked. You know what my Except favorite Michael I, Sarah performance I've I, seen was. I've, I was just going to talk about it. It's, it's got to be This is the End, right? Yes, it is. Where he just gets impaled. <laughs> he's he's in like two or three scenes where he's a drunk asshole, slaps Rihanna on the ass, and, and then gets impaled by a light post. <laughs> yeah. That does not surprise me. All right, but anyway, we can, we can move on from Michael Sarah before we send you down a rabbit hole here. Um, gotcha. Yeah. How uh, was nobody? On a, what? Oh, I was going to ask how nobody was, but you go if you want to talk. Sorry, about I was something. just going to before we get off of the comic book movies. Uh, Logan is one of those movies that people really forget about as a comic book movie that came out, but I think that it's at least top three comic book movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I, it was great. I mean, I, I a lot of people didn't like it. I feel like if you weren't like. Well, I, I don't know why a lot of people didn't like it. I'm not going to speculate on that. It was, like, slow at points, but it wasn't slow to the point of being, like, detrimental. It was, like, just giving you a look at the world. I mean, I'll tell you why people didn't like it. Because it was an X-Men movie that wasn't a comic book. It was a movie about an X, a comic book character that was not a traditional comic book movie. Yeah, I guess that could be it, too. But, I mean, everyone who was, like, fans of the comics liked it. Because, like, Old Man Logan's a whole X-Men arc. Or maybe it's its own comic now. I don't know. Yeah, it is. Uh, but that's that's a thing. But the, there's a large subsect of uh, fanboys that are just fans of, like, the cinematic versions of these comic book characters. I uh, gotcha. The worst and kind so, of people. Yeah, they're up there. Because it's like, when you start telling these stories, It to me, it's a lot like, like Captain America 2 was a movie that I thought was shit the first time I saw it. And then when I saw it the second time, I was like, oh no, this is just like, not really a comic book movie. It's like a espionage like character development movie about Steve Rogers not being able to just like punch shit. Yep, exactly. And it's so much better than people thought it was. Yeah. I think a lot of people in retrospect, and I'm I'm one of them, think it's one of the best movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I actually have it as my favorite of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think I gotta rate mine. And we will we should we we should curb this here soon. Yep. I honestly I think Far From Home is my favorite. Really? Yeah. I really like Far From Home. Because, like... Oh, shit. I forget his name now. Uh, who's the director? No, I know oh. Jake Gyllenhaal's name. Uh, 
He's like an indie movie sweetheart. I don't know. I don't remember who directed the Far From Home. Uh, I'm gonna have to look it up now, but because it's 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 kind of the same type of thing. It has these big theatrical moments, right? But in reality, it's also like, well, these don't really matter because none of it's real. But at the same time, it's just about Peter trying to hang out with MJ and go on a class trip. But also, like, understanding that he has responsibilities as, like, this superhero. And yeah, then I, the whole... I, think that's, I think that's why Spider-Man's one of the best characters to have movies about. Or, like, any sort of media about and tell stories about. Because it's... He, it's it, there's a lot of a, a lot of stories that can be told with that perspective yeah and it's just and i and i loved how they handled mysterio being like all through all, all the trailers you're like this man's magic and then all of a sudden he's just some dude with drones which i yeah. think makes perfect sense in the movies but anyway yeah so it would go far from home and i think the original iron man and then captain america too i think are their strongest three uh, I think original Iron Man is my third, second or third favorite on my list. I would have to check it. I have it on Letterboxd. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, you actually have a ranking somewhere. Yes, yes, I do. It's it's ongoing. So when I watch Black Widow this summer, I will update it. Uh, yeah, it was it was John Watts. Who directed? I it? I don't remember. I don't recognize that name i don't know what what else he's directed in the past i mean probably wouldn't like he's done a lot of smaller like indie stuff gotcha i can't even find one that's like what i think you would know sounds like he was a real nobody before he directed far from home and speaking of nobody i went i went to go see nobody over the weekend uh, and it was basically, uh, the, w- one of the people, film critics I follow on Twitter basically described it as Bob Wick, uh, when the trailer first came out, because it's just Bob Odenkirk playing a, a sort of badass, uh, like, uh, military, like, special, spec ops agent that, uh, has sort of left the left the life and then gets pulled back into it. So this, I will say, this was this met the sort of expectations I had for it, because I wasn't expecting it to have like this great plot or. I wasn't expecting it to be especially, like, well written. Uh, it was mostly just. A it was it was meant to have a few action set pieces and be a uh, a way for you to find Bob Odenkirk kind of charming at times, and I will say that the the first act, uh, where it takes to get him to the point where he sort of goes back into his old ways of being a badass. Yeah, it does kind of drag on a bit. It really sort of hammers home the monotony of his day to day life and the how like the stress of everyone basically telling him that he was a he was a wimp for not taking care of the burglars and when he knows full well that he could have 
stop them. Right. And, like, it just gets to him and gets to him. Uh, I will say that this... This did have a few, like, very funny aspects to it. Uh, just very funny parts to it. Uh... The the action set pieces, there were only, like, three or four of them. But the last one lasts, like, it's, like, the last 15 minutes of the movie. So I'd say that that makes up for it. Um, it's, it's not a great movie, but it's definitely worth a watch. I would uh, definitely recommend you watch John Wick instead. But uh, this is definitely, if you like action movies and just one guy being a, a military badass that can, has ungodly accuracy and can kill a bunch of Russians in a short time frame, uh, then this is definitely worth a watch. If you're tired of watching John Wick's and Punisher's and, uh, God, I always forgot, I always forget Denzel's Equalizers. Yeah. This will, this will, uh your thirst i'd say so now like on it, a scale of john wicks to peppermint because peppermint was pretty much the same thing but i hated it uh where do we fall with nobody so i'd say that it is slightly over the slightly over the midpoint in the direction of john wick because okay. it, it's the action set pieces are better and better than Peppermint, and also the like. There's there's some charm and funny fun part to it. Christopher Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd's in it, which is fun. Oh really? Uh, Doc Brown. Yep. Oh yeah, I think I did catch him in one of the trailers. Uh, so Maybe is Maybe the RZA. Something else. So is the RZA from Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> okay. And speaking of Christopher Lloyd, brief tangent, has he just been doing a bunch of stuff recently or have I, have I just stumbled onto Christopher Lloyd and a lot of things or is he always I, just been doing like little weird cameos at places? I had no idea he was still acting until I, until I saw him in this. Huh? I have not seen, I have not personally seen him in anything for quite some time. Maybe I'm just having a weird string of... Because, like, I'm not even watching anything new. Like, this is in, like, Raising Hope and, like, Malcolm in the Middle and just, like, random sitcoms that I'm watching. It, like, Christopher Lloyd just shows up in some of them. Oh. Huh. And then oh. he was... Wasn't he in... Oh, he was in Psych. Like, the, the Clue episode of Psych. There's a Clue episode of Psych? That sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It might be, like, one of the... Like, I think it's the 100th episode, or the 100th something. It's, like, a special episode. I haven't seen Psych in so long. Uh, that and Burn Notice were, like, my the two best USA Network shows. Yeah, I, I liked Burn Notice for a little bit, and then, I don't know, it just it couldn't keep me past, like, season two. I I thought that it was less compelling when they introduced Jesse in the fourth season, but I thought that the first three seasons were very compelling. It sort of jumped the shark in the last season or two, but I mean, it, it like most shows fall off after a few seasons. 
We're, we're looking at you, Dexter. Dexter is the most extreme example. <laughs> I mean, Dexter the, and How I Met Your Mother are the only two shows that I know of that are people like just don't watch the last episode and it's fine. Although Dexter really like falls off, but it's not stupid. Honestly, d- d- pretend that the end of season four is the last episode. Yeah, just, that's probably the best way to do it. Just don't even like season five. Five is fine. Like it's season five is kind of like season three in the sense that like it's okay. There's nothing really noteworthy or significant about it. Uh, season six, that's the I think that's the doomsday killer. If I'm not mistaken. No, I thought that was five. No, five not. is is the uh, he finds Hannah. Oh yeah. Honestly, I didn't. I like the Doomsday Killer. Like that one brought uh, yeah, me back. Yeah, the killer into was five. the killer was interesting, but the side plots were just not. Yeah, yeah, they were horrible. And then the seventh season was I don't even remember who the killer was in that. Like the serial killer was in that one. And it then was just like the, some dude, I think. Like and I, then I, the, I rem- the last season they had two separate ones that just didn't go together like that were unrelated and then the finale was garbage and the whole deb storyline was oh yeah i forgot that was weird like the it, it just everything just started going off the rails after season five uh and season four was just clearly the best season yeah Alright, well that was a tension. Uh back to nobody. Where do you where are you putting it? I'd say it's ready for the red carpet. It's worth a watch. I'm not sure if I'll watch it again. Because there like if because there's just there are better movies than this in this genre that are worth watching. Uh but it's not a bad movie. It's just it's fun. I'll definitely end up checking it out at some point probably. But mm-hmm. That date will, who knows if when or if it'll ever come. Yep, exactly. All right, well let's uh let's look to next weekend and talk some trailers. All right, which one would you like to start with? Honestly, I I don't know. But I, once again, let's just go in the order you sent them, and we'll start with Oak Room. Uh, which Oak Room is the story of a. Uh, it says a drifter who is Walt Jr. If, if I may, if I may take over for this because I, yeah. I'll I'll start this. I really enjoyed this trailer, and I'll explain why after I explain what it is. So, basically, there's just a drifter that comes into this bar, and the bartender recognizes him as someone who used to be who used to live in the town and either he was a regular or something and he owes some sort of debt. doesn't really clarify what the debt is, but as a way to sort of pay, quote unquote, pay off the debt, the drifter, the unnamed drifter says that he'll tell him a story. And then it sort of drifts into some like, continuous line of stories where it sound, it seems like there's murder that takes place at some point or another. 
there's like someone is on their way to confront the drifter like it's it's not very clear but frankly that's what i really liked about this is that it gave you a hint of what the plot was like without giving away like it, it kept the compelling nature of the story because too often you'll watch a movie that all of the parts that would keep you like on the edge of your seat while you're watching it are given away in the trailer. Whereas in this one, I, I actually want to go and watch this movie and I want to see what the fuck happens because it's so mysterious. It's so different. It like, it, it seemed to have been set up very well. It seems like there may be some sort of, like, in, insipid threats. There may be some level of, is this kid, actually, is this drifter uh, actually just, like, a serial killer? Is he being hunted? Is he just telling the story of a serial killer? Why is, uh, why is the bartender freaked out about halfway through, saying maybe you mi- you're misremembering things or you were told a you were told a lie or something like he's freaking out. Like it's such an interesting concept. And I think that even if the movie ends up being bad, which it has a lot of potential to be because you don't really know what's, what's happening here. I, I really think that this is exactly how you should make the trailer because it, it makes people want to go and see what's going to happen. So I think you're right, except in my opinion, because I was I was pretty much going to talk about the exact same thing you just did, because the trailer was interesting. You know, it's are the stories separate? Are they intertwined? What's happening? Who's who? Why is this man acting this way? One scene and the next one, like it's very yes, it is intriguing. But what I thought watching it when I got to the end of it, I thought, well, that could be interesting, rather than, wow, I bet that's interesting. I want to go see it. Because so, I, do, I still don't really know what it's about. Like, I would have liked just a tiny bit more. And I think that would have got me, to, uh, like, over the tipping point of, like, that's a movie I want to see. Rather than being like, eh. It, it, like, I'll, I'll read a review of it and then decide. I get you. I, I get what you're saying. Like, you, it, it, you don't know enough. And that is the risk that's played with that sort of style of trailer. Where you don't know enough about what the plot is. To where you're willing to invest your time in, and money in going to go out and see it, to watch it. Yeah, and I'm not saying that they needed to give away a lot, but just a little bit more would have got me there. And, I mean, I don't know how to, to uh, you know, market anything, but uh, I, I don't know how many people are going to be like me versus people are going to be like you. So I'm going to be interested to see how that works. Well, it seems like it's probably going to be a small. I, it seems like a smaller movie, so I'm not sure how much, uh, how much hoopla there's going to be, how much fanfare there's going to be. Uh, it's. I'm very interested to see what the reviews for it are, because if it turns out that like everyone's saying that it's shit, then that does raise some concerns, because then it is sort of one of those situations where they just didn't give away the twist, but it was one of those bad. M. Night Shyamalan movies where the twist was yeah. that the pl- the plants were after us. It was the plants the whole time. Like, I get... The happening was 
just weird. And I honestly, I don't hate the concept of it. I think I just hated the execution and the concept of it a little bit. Like, I, right. I, I wanted to like it. <laughs> I really did. Like I just, I just didn't, it just wasn't good. It, like, it was an interesting starting point, and then everything after that just sort of went to shit. Yeah. But back to the That's trailer. Like... I am ready to put the, I, I'm, I'm, I didn't get ready for the red carpet. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll put it right there with you, but I don't know. I, I, like I said, I, there's nothing that made me think it's going to be a bad movie. It's just, it didn't compel me enough to want to see it. So yeah, I'll put it ready for the red that's, carpet. That's fair enough. I will say that this is, this is prime candidate for just good marketing on a bad movie. Uh, it very easily could be, uh, it does one movie that it kind of reminds me of is bad times at the El Royale where it doesn't really give away what's going on, but it has like the trailer is very compelling. Uh, that is a good movie. It's not a great movie, but it's a very entertaining movie and I would definitely recommend you watch it. Don't think I've ever heard of it, but I can check it out at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's get, let's go unholy. All right. Go after Wait. it. So unholy it seems to be the it's a, it's a story of this I don't I don't know if he's like a, a a church investigator or someone with a police department or some private eye I don't I don't remember I, he might be a journalist maybe he's a journalist he's some type of investigative man going to check out this lady who has been doing legitimate faith healings after being claimed to be visited by the Virgin Mary and then lo and behold all is not what it seems because it turns out that maybe she wasn't really play, praying to the Virgin Mary the whole time. It's been this other entity named the Unholy. And let me tell you, I, th- this is, I think, the exact opposite of what we were just talking about. Because this seems like it just showed all its cards. Yes, it did. And that's my... Because you know, Sam, Sam Raimi did this. Mm-hmm. And I saw that. You know, that comes up early in the trailer. And I was like, oh, man, maybe this is actually going to be better than... I expected. And I watched the whole trailer. I was like, yeah, this is just your generic 2021 horror movie. And it literally gave away all the plot. Like, yeah, maybe just, there's another twist. Probably not. I just don't. I, and the, I mean, granted, it's called The Unholy. I would, if you wanted it to be a twist, you'd probably want to not name it that. Uh, yeah. But even without. Like you're watching it, and it's 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 predictable, and that's the big concern with it. I I know what's going to happen in this movie. I may not know the end. It might be something where everyone just starts worshiping this girl and the Virgin Mary. That's the demon thing that's attacked her, attached itself to her. Who knows? But I I don't care enough to find out. It seems generic. It seems the it's the most interesting part of this movie seems like the lead up in the exposition and that's never what you want yeah and you know even if it does turn out to be like oh she was actually blessed and this entity is an entirely separate thing i still don't care enough to go see the movie to find out like no it's gonna go one of those two ways 
or maybe even a third way. But yeah, you're there's there it, there just wasn't anything here that made me want to go see this. Like it wasn't. Like I remember seeing the first trailer for Sinister and being like, okay, I'm interested, or like The Conjuring, less interested but still did good in their trailers. Like they they hooked people, and. I think I Sinister. I, I think Sinister was a worse movie than The Conjuring, but had a better hook in the trailer. Yeah, I agree. I I think yeah, exactly. The Conjuring was a better movie. Sinister was. I still liked it. It was interesting. I it was liked unique. it, but it's it's like it's it's lower tier of the sort of haunt movies that have yeah. been going on lately. Uh, it's still it's still one of the few good ones. I would I would put Insidious and Conjuring both above it. Yeah, but those are like the good three I like to reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say like so. Good that was movies. like that early that early twenty tens craze. What I will say about Unholy is I definitely I did like the premise, like you said the the exposition and lead up. That's interesting. Like a faith healer claims to have a vision and is doing legitimate healing. Go check this out. Mm-hmm. And had they done some kind of more like. And maybe this is just a, my personal taste is like kind of what I'm into right now. I've been playing and reading a lot of like Lovecraftian noir uh, novels slash games where like mm. you're a detective, like it's a, like supernatural detective stuff. Yeah. But I think if they would have played this movie out like that a little bit and you know left something to the viewer's imagination, it could have been interesting. But it's just like seems what, what if it was something that wasn't necessarily a demon, but it was like some other. Like something Lovecraftian, yeah. Or, that that would have been interesting, but instead they made it, like I said, generic. And they also did the the big biggest horror movie no no is just give everybody a good old look at the monster right in the trailer, at the yep. end for like two seconds, so like, you know exactly what you're getting into, and that that end like. Oh, you look at it and then it jumps at the screen and the trailer's over. That that usually indicates that a movie's gonna be generic trash. Yep. So I yeah, I'd put this one in trailer trash and I didn't anticipate do I. any uh yeah. Well All right. on on that note, I think I sh- the next logical move, it may not be in the the order you had, but every breath you take seems like the logical one to take next. Yeah. Because if if the unholy is a generic uh, demon haunt film, it seems like then every breath you take seems like a generic obsessed stalker revenge story. Because this is the story of a psychiatrist and his family, and the psychiatrist fails to prevent the suicide of one of his patients. At least I think it's a suicide. It doesn't really indicate for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's heavily implied that it's a suicide. And her brother bl- clearly seems to blame him for it. And so uh, James, is the brother's name, starts to develop a... Uh, get closer, develop relationships with the, man, the psychiatrist's wife and daughter. Uh, I believe... One, uh, it it clearly does get sexual with at least the mother. And that's one big criticism, is that they're giving that away right from the beginning. Like, from the story, you knew it was going to happen, but still just 
showing <laughs> yeah. it right there in the story is just what are you doing? And then it turns out that he's a psychopathic murderer towards the end, and he's like, we we saw. Uh, what was it? The killing of a sacred deer last yep. year. Yeah. And this had, like, that one was more interesting because it had that weird nature to it of how it was set up and, like, how it you didn't really have an explanation for it. Yeah. This is basically that without the compelling, like, uniqueness of it. That is exactly what I was going to say. Is this is a kill the killing of a sacred deer, but without the like ambiguity of why is this happening to the family? You know, this is it's like they took like the worst parts of Invisible Man and the worst parts of Killing of a Sacred Deer and shoved them together, and then they crapped out this movie. And that's I'm not even the- gonna say the worst parts. I'm going to say the most the most common parts, the least interesting yeah. parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like yeah. The, the least interesting part is the most generic, the most predictable. And this is, like, they just, at the end, they just set it to that, like, very generic thriller, like, intense music. And that's when I knew that I, I thought this was this was garbage. I mean, I was giving it a, I, I wanted to hold out a bit. Because I was like, maybe, maybe something else is going on here. But... It looks exactly. It they they also played all their cards. You know exactly what's going to happen. It's, you might not know the. It seemed the like cliche after cliche. Goes after him professionally. Starts to separate him from his family and loved ones. Like this is. Yeah. This story's been told hundreds of times in movies before and in books, and it's just I'm just not interested in going to see this iteration of it. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame because Casey Affleck is a good actor. Uh, it like the the acting seems like it's done well. It's just that the story and writing seems boring. It seems uninteresting because it's just the same thing over and over. Yeah, there's nothing in the trailer to even hint at something else. Like, yeah, it. it I I think it's gonna be trailer trash, and I could not care less about this movie. Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat as you. And so that leaves French Exit. Uh, yeah. So this is Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, who plays a woman who... I, it was my thought that she was expecting to die. Yes. Or has some type of illness or... So, like, she has is a survivor of something that she was not expecting. And so she spent all of her money. Yes. And then a friend offers her... The, the her apartment in Paris. Yes. So her and her son go to Paris, and then that's where the I I don't remember the trailer that well, even though I literally just watched it. But it seems like there there weren't a whole lot of plot heavy points after that. It no. was just Michelle Pfeiffer kind of being like a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this one. I think this is going to be a good one to talk over right now. Because the the it it has the uh the opening that you would expect the trailer like it has like the kind of quirky violin music in the back which immediately follows her just being like I thought I was gonna be dead in amount of money or whatever and then it picks up and so it, it, it I don't know how to describe what genre of movie that fits to but 
you've seen that in trailers a lot before. And then it moves on to, I don't know, her just being mean and weird for no reason. And I can't decide if I think it might be good or if I could not give a shit about it. Uh, before we get started, I want to say I thought that this was I, I I mistook the name of this and thought that this was the name of the next Wes Anderson movie. It is not. It is the I was thinking of the French Dispatch. And so I was very confused for the first 30 <laughs> seconds because I know that that's about like some New York Times journalist uh, story. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This isn't that. Um, but actually talking about the movie, the trailer at hand, I think this looks like a character study of Michelle Pfeiffer and how she interacts with her son and with other people and her social interactions and what it's like for a wealthy elite to how she interacts with people as she knows that she's dying and so doesn't really have to face the consequences, but also doesn't have any money. And so I think that there's a lot of potential for this to be a good movie, but there's also a lot of potential for it to be a dumpster fire. And it it rests almost entirely on the shoulders of Michelle Pfeiffer. So that's why I'm inclined to put it in Ready for the Red Carpet, because I think that she's a good enough actress that she will make it a compelling movie. Uh, but if there isn't some major plot that we just aren't aware of, and it's just Michelle Pfeiffer being a bitch for an hour and 45 minutes, then that will get very old very quickly. Yeah, I'm I'm a little more hesitant than you, because even, I don't know if it's going to be that interesting... Even if she does super, like, she carries it hard. Um, I don't know. I, I also, I, lo- I I recognize the actor who plays her son. Do you know, he, do you think of what he's been, I, I, when I saw him, I was, was like, I think I like that guy. Uh, the thing that, uh, I, I don't recognize him from anything, because I don't think I've seen him in anything, but he was in Manchester by the Sea, where he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and he was in that with Casey Affleck, who was the star of the previous movie we just discussed. So that's a fun, fun fact. Crazy stuff. But yeah, I I don't know where to put this one, so I'll I'll defer to you. I I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about it. But we can we can predict it at uh at ready for the red carpet, and see if Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer does it. Be be generous. And that's right, well, our, that's it for uh, this yeah. for this week. So just as a a reminder, nobody was ready for the red carpet. Uh, French exit, ready for the red carpet. The Oak Room, ready for the red carpet. Uh, with a lot of potential volatility, variability on how the actual movie goes, and then the unholy and every breath you take were very firmly in the trailer trash portion of it. Uh, yeah. Which- Makes me sad. I don't I'm have looking any... forward to a good horror movie. Yeah. I feel like one hasn't been released in a while. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. Even it chapter two was kind of a letdown. Yeah, it was just fine. But uh yeah, that's everything for I feel like we talked about a lot of things tonight. We're finishing up early. Did we do this wrong? Yeah, we did. No, we just didn't bullshit for fifteen to twenty minutes like we normally do. Yeah, uh, maybe it was that. We did talk about the comic books, and so that doesn't matter. We'll 
look at this. We'll, we'll, we'll stop at 44 here. So, uh, yeah, that's it for us. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time. Until next time? I like the variety. <laughs>